song. The name of the show is Philanthropy and Focus, and I am your boy coming at you every Friday morning, 10 a.m. from the top of my house, just above the second floor, below the roof. We call it the attic. That's right. I'm in my attic every single Friday. Well, actually, I'm in my attic all the time. But as far as this show goes, I'm in my attic every Friday morning at 10 a.m. to amplify the message for nonprofit organizations. I call myself the nonprofit sector connector. All right. Enough with the silly radio voice, Tommy D. Well, okay, Tommy D. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And um, sometimes, as you may know, you might be the only person listening, but not on this show. There's a lot of people listening. In fact, I was on my way walking my two sons to school this morning and I ran into my buddy, Mike. What's up, Mike? I didn't know you You didn't know I was going to give you a shout out on the show, but he's like, what are you doing here? Aren't you supposed to be home prepping? Don't you have a show at 10 o'clock? Yes, I do. And I was prepping on my walk back, mentally preparing for the conversation that we will be having My friend Shannon Boyle and I will be having this conversation this morning. What do we do here? As I say, we amplify the message for nonprofit organizations. I've told you this countless times. If you've listened to me before, if you've never listened to me again, well, I'm going to tell you now. Nonprofits change our world each and every day. They make an incredible impact. They solve the problems that would not be solved if the sector did not exist. And one of the problems that we know about is how Veterans are, I'll use the word again, this is me talking, not reading out of a book. Veterans are forgotten at times, and that's a problem. And there's a lot of organizations out there that do the work to serve veterans and who have served us, right, who've gone into front lines. And, and again, I learned a number of years ago, not every veteran has, has been in a combat zone. In fact, the majority haven't. But there's a lot that happens when folks come back. I've had... Um, I've had several organizations on my show that do work in the veterans community, some of which, Shannon, you might be aware of. uh, Lonnie Sherman of General Needs out here on Long Island. Great, great organization. He was on with Bob Kozlowski, uh, Homes for the Brave out of Connecticut. They and Bob's actually on his board. And and I went to their place. I'm going to probably riff, but I went to their place, their storage facility where they keep clothes because there's a woman in my neighborhood who is a veteran and is homeless. And they gave me an incredible bag of supplies. So shout out to the gang over there. Um, shout out to Judy Isaacson, Heroes to Heroes, another great organization, um, and uh, and James Corbett down in uh, South Jersey, Philly area with Project Refit. Going to be doing a lot of things, I think, with these organizations in the fall, especially with the 1342 project that is going on with uh, with Lonnie and his team over at General Needs. So more to come on that. We'll talk 60 days of service maybe later today. But uh, as I say, we're here to amplify the message and shine a light on these organizations. And today it's Shannon's organization. And I will read some background on Shannon and, and things like that. But what kind of struck me is, first of all, I, I always like to say, Welcome to the show and welcome to the attic. So let's start there. Good morning. Welcome to the show. How are you? Great, Tommy. Thank you. Good to be here. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but like right when you started talking, all of a sudden the angle of my camera shifted. And so instead of being close up, now you get to see a lot more of my office and a little bit of my clutter. But you know what? That's the reality of nonprofits. We juggle a lot. We all wear many hats. You know, uh, we do a lot on a very small budget. So um, you know, I'm in the middle of, of uh, you know, all sorts of craziness, as you can see right here. See, and, and I love your your candor about it because it I, <laughs> I, I actually I did notice. So if you're watching, Shannon <laughs> did not want you to see all that. And trust me, there's a lot I don't want you to see in the attic, gang. That's why this camera is set up a certain way. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't want you to see them. Zoom. I don't want you to see them. The like, mind, Zoom has a mind of its own, uh, right? All of a sudden, it's a crazy angle. Yeah, but it's all yeah. good. It's all good. It is. Yeah, it's, it's Friday. It's a gorgeous day. It is. You know. It is beautiful out. It is. And I actually will, uh, I, I'm going to go do a quasi day of service, quasi networking, quasi betting on the horses because we got the Bayside Business Association day at, uh, day at the races at Belmont. So uh, after yeah, after our chat, I'll shoot a quick video and then and then head out to uh, to the track with the Bayside Business Association. But gang, it is work. Okay, it's tough being Tommy D. That is a job that I do. Okay, I have to. I'm out there playing playing the games, politic, and doing what a doing what you do if you were Tommy D. <laughs> That's a lot of Tommy D's and, and only in one segment. So every week on the show, we get another leader here, Shannon. You and I know each other for a number of years. I, I what, what struck me this morning as I was doing some final show prep is you did have some time with another organization, but for the majority of your career, you've been with Newground. So we'll we'll get into that in a second. But I don't think I realized I was like, oh, she's, you know, in my head, like not, not that I ever said this, but I was like, oh, she's been there since 2002. 
no, that's like 19 years ago. <laughs> like, like that's like a long time. That's not like, yeah. again, I remember you, you and I, we remember when 2000 was coming up and that was like a big, now that was 21 years ago. So Y2K, the, right. Remember Y2K and all that kind of stuff. The whole world was going to shut down and now, and you know, it didn't. And then, uh, I, I mean, just to say like, you know, uh, a few weeks ago I had, um, uh, gentleman on from the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation, you know, right around in late August, just tragic to realize that September 11th is 20 years ago. I mean, t- time time just keeps moving. So let me do some background because I want people to know who you are, and then we're going to really dive deep into this conversation about what what you do, what Newground does, and the incredible impact that the organization is making. I promise you folks to bring you the best leaders of nonprofit organizations so you can get these stories. So I just jotted this down this morning. Uh, Shannon has her BA in social work from, unless I just screwed that in sociology. I think I made a mistake there. Sociology, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, I was a confused undergrad. Actually. I was, I was pre-med. Uh, I, I thought I was going to medical school. You know, I, I kind of grew up wanting to help people and, uh, you know, I, I kind of had a limited vision of what that meant. Teacher, doctor, nurse, uh, lawyer, you know, there's, and, and so, uh, you know, I chose medicine and, and I studied that in undergrad. And um, luckily, I uh, became a volunteer uh, during my undergrad degree um, at a shelter uh, soup kitchen for homeless women and families and realized that I really loved the work. And uh, I ended up getting a job there when I graduated from undergrad and I put medical school on hold and I said, let me do this Is that really- for a year. Rosie's Place is that the place we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah Rosie's Place in Boston, great They're still there. organization. I, I looked them up. Yeah. They're still there. They say we're a shelter that for more than twelve thousand poor and homeless women each year. Wow. I, I find yeah. that a lot of my guests, and I, my question is usually, Shannon, what drew you to the service work? But there was something there. It sounds like that was always there for you that you wanted to give back. You wanted to help. And then, and a lot of my guests, it's a similar story. They were exposed to an opportunity to work with an organization. You go back, you get your MSW, Masters of Social Work, again at BC, go Eagles, right? I just, I look them up. I think they're 0-1 right now from from what I just looked up. Is that, do you watch the football games? Uh, Sometimes, sometimes, you know, I'm I'm considered a double Eagle since I have my bachelor's and master's from there, but I'm not necessarily a sport all right. all right that's fair fair enough so so look so shannon like i said 2002 you, you you've been with the organization i want you to tell me the whole story but i just want to give the people who who are listening what we're working on um frontline social worker there since 2002 took on the role of vd executive director in 2006 and you're you're a licensed clinical social worker who um as I say, has a master's degree, but you've been working in the homeless population for, for over 20 years. And I don't want to ask these big questions like how do we end poverty and, and you know, how, how do we get, you know, how do we end homelessness? Because I don't really know if there is such an answer because I find it as a tragedy that this is actually a conversation that has to be had. That this, that, that, and now I'm going to get up on the soapbox in case you guys couldn't hear it in my voice. Here it comes. I can't understand that this, that just, let's say this country, let's say this island that you and I live on, that people can have these cars that cost a half a million dollars and around the block, somebody's eating out of a trash can or, or doesn't know where to get a meal from. I don't understand this, Shannon. Um, I am, I am getting fired up. I'm knocking loose leaf off my desk. I, I got to slow it down. You, you tell me what, how big is this problem? I mean, you've looked at it for 20 years and whether you want to speak locally or, or globally for that matter? I mean, I, I think locally makes the most sense, right? Uh, here on Long Island, uh, we have actually, uh, Nassau County now has one of the most expensive housing markets in the country. So if you wanna know why we have homelessness, it's because we do not have enough affordable housing. Um, and it's not because people aren't working Hard, you know, I, I we've all heard the term the working poor. Well, mean? guess what? On Long Island, we actually have the working homeless. They are going to work, they have jobs, and they are they are living in shelters. Or that when the shelters are full, they're in local motels and hotels. But they are working. They just simply do not earn enough money to be able to afford the basics: rent, car, daycare, health insurance. And they have to make choices. And so 
unfortunately, rent rent is is becomes a, a, an option to pay because food and daycare to keep the job and transportation to keep the job are are more uh, more you important. Have to, you have to prioritize, okay? So right, so if I have yeah. if I have this satchel of of money and it's not enough to cover all these things, I got to figure out. I, you, you would think shelter is a necessity, right? But it, 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 I guess it falls under a couple of other things because it sounds like what you're saying, just to keep the vocation, to keep the job, which is not really doing enough anyhow, but to keep that, I need to have daycare. I need to put these other things around it. I'd never, I, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever heard that term and shame on me, but no. working homeless, I, I, I don't think I've ever heard it before. Yeah. And it's, it's a population, uh, you know, in our, in our area, uh, certainly. And, uh, you know, and then uh, because they're, they're, a, you know, a part of department, you know, Department of Social Services, and, and they're getting shelter through there, whether it's in a homeless shelter or a, um, uh, a motel, what's also not necessarily known is, is that some of their income is paying rent into the system. So they can't save enough to get ahead to be able to then move into their own apartment because they're, they're at an income level where they have to be paying something um, to be in a shelter. And, and, you know, and quote unquote, they earn too much to just be gifted or given that, that shelter. Yes. Yes. So, so they're paying into it. So they're not able to create the, the savings that they need to then secure their their next apartment. Even if they could, the other challenge is that the apartments are just simply not affordable. I mean, for Nassau and Suffolk County, you have to work two and a half full-time jobs at minimum wage to be able to afford an apartment. At 100, 100 hours a week of working, uh, you know, it just it's just not feasible. And so- Hold on, let me just interrupt you for a second. So two and a half full-time jobs at minimum wage just to pay the rent. You're saying Correct. net dollars, what I take it, home just to pay the rent. So let me clarify, thanks. Uh, it, 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 to be able to afford rent with other basic bills. Okay. So, it, it, that is, so you need two and a half full-time jobs at minimum wage to be able to have enough money to pay your rent, your car insurance, your daycare, your healthcare, your food very your utilities very basic needs um that's how much you have to be working and that's why you have working homeless who who they work one job or even one full-time job and one part-time job and they're they can't afford housing on long island but then it almost sounds like then there's a whole other thing if they earn quote unquote too much which is a relative term but if they earn too much and they are trying to break free they're going to start. Some of that is going to get siphoned off to the rent. There's so much here. Wow, we're 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 obviously not going to get into all this today. Um, but, but I'm going to say that that's where new ground comes in. That's it. That so because we're going to. That's exactly that. what I want to set it up. So that's where you guys have the the theory, the knowledge, the science behind this, and we're going to learn about that when we come back because this is philanthropy and focus. We are focused. The cameras might be in and out of focus, but we'll be right back. Shannon and Tommy in the attic. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness 
that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m. So tune in on Talk Radio NYC. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. in the attic every single Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. That's 7 a.m. Pacific time. And I have had some friends from the West Coast come on the show and I say, hey, could you do me a favor? Could you show up at 645? And like one friend of mine was on the show a couple of weeks ago. She goes, do you think it'd be okay if I came on at 650 a.m.? And I go, listen, if that five minutes is going to help you out, man, do what you got to do. I, I just would love you to be there a couple minutes early so we can work everything out. Shannon and I are here. Shannon Boyle, we're in my attic. Philanthropy and Focus, shining a light, amplifying the message for nonprofit organizations. So we were just talking about the working homeless, the working poor. I want to read you something real quick. Our mission is to break the cycle of homelessness and poverty for Long Island veterans and families, families focusing on the underlying causes rather than merely treating symptoms. Wow. Something to be said there, gang. Not just treating the symptoms, right? So we think sometimes a medicine right? Let's go deeper. Let's find out where the real problem, where's the systemic challenges that need to be addressed, right? So we're going to talk about that. So parents and children receive assistance in developing all the necessary life skills to live a successful independent life and find ways to educate these individuals out of poverty because sometimes the system is just set up not not to work for people. It's just... we can argue it some other day if you want to. Call me, text me. We can have an argument. But there, that's the way it is. The system is set up this way, and we need to make changes to fix it. So working homeless, um, two and a half full-time jobs just to pay rent and basic needs, it doesn't even – it seems untenable. Tell me, t- tell me, Sean, how, what does it look like every day? I, I mean, you you know, you're you're a parent, you're a dad. Imagine, you know, having to raise your children in a in a shelter. All of you living in one room, um, or a motel, and you have no kitchen, uh, and you're all sharing one room. Uh, you know, it's certainly challenging. And then imagine COVID in the middle of that, right? Where where you've got kids home trying to learn remotely, and parents home. Uh, trying to work remotely, uh, you, it, it was a, a untenable situations, um, and, and it continues to be that way. And I think, uh, you know, another uh, important uh, item for us to be aware about for Long Island is that we have a, a really high number of homeless children on Long Island. We have a high number of homeless families on Long Island. So, you know, if you, if you notice, uh, you know, uh, weekdays in the morning time or mid-afternoon at a local motel or hotel near where you live, you, you may be seeing a school bus pulling up to the hotel and dropping or picking up children. It's because they're living in that hotel. They're homeless and, um, uh, you know, they can't afford uh, a regular, stable, um, permanent place to live. And, and so it is a reality for us. Our, our homeless on Long Island is, are also invisible. I think that, you know, for many of us, when we think about homelessness, we think about, you know, sort of the the urban areas, the cities where you have somebody in a box or on a blanket on the corner of the street with a sign asking for help. Like right in there in community that people become aware of it. You're here on Long Island there. We don't see that. We don't see that on Main Street that people are sitting out with, you know, kind of hat in hand. Right. It's hidden. And so, uh, you know, the reality is that your children are in school with with other students that are homeless. Uh, you know, you're you're uh, you you may have somebody that you know through work, or you maybe interacting with somebody in a, you know that that's serving you in a restaurant or a supermarket or at the bank uh, that that's homeless. And um, uh, you know, it, it 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 it's also unfortunately a really long term way of life for many people. We, we've recently, uh, over the last couple of years, we've helped families transition from homelessness um, into permanent housing that were homeless for three or four years. 
so imagine, you know, the impact of that on a, on a child, you know, they're six years old, they become homeless, and for four years of their life, uh, they're, they're living out of a shelter or a motel. It's an enormous amount of time, and you can imagine the impact that it has on their education. You know, how are you learning? How are you studying? Uh, when you know you're 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 in these really tight circumstances with all of your family members in one room, uh, you know, are, are you sleeping well at night? If you're not, you know, how is that impacting your ability to do well in school? You know, is, is schoolwork a priority for you? Right. There's such a such a ripple effect. I mean, I remember you know COVID-wise, and you know certainly you know, we heard about a lot in the city in the five boroughs, but I know it was out here in Long Island as well, that, that a lot of these young people, even if they're not homeless, but they're, they're, uh, if they're experiencing poverty, they, food scarcity, food insecurity is an issue. So those meals, that breakfast and that lunch, oftentimes is all that child may get access to. And, you know, we, we don't have to go back in COVID world, you know, and talk about all that, that happened from that, but yeah, what's the impact? Well, I think, yeah, I, just... I think that 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 it's to be aware of also like what's to come, right? Like so, we 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 haven't even seen the impact on homelessness of COVID yet on Long Island and right. and in a lot of the country because of the eviction moratoriums, um, and now the emergency rental assistance program that's coming out of um, uh, the American Recovery uh, Act that uh, we we haven't seen yet the true impact. We're, we're going to have a, a drastic increase in it, more homeless, um, more more issues and challenges as, uh, you know, uh, in families or individuals are evicted um, because they couldn't continue to pay rent, because they lost their jobs, um, uh, because they may or may not qualify for rent assistance, because their landlord may choose not to accept the rental assistance. Um, you know, there's there's all sorts of uh, factors that are going to play into that. So the next couple of years are going to continue to be really challenging for us. So, all right. So how many, do you know statistically how many, I, I know your focus, your organization focuses on the veteran community, but as a, as a grand total number of how many folks are in this working homeless, you know, whether it be literally as me, as people might think homeless, someone who lives on the street to what you're referring to, which is still, I don't have a permanent home, whether it be an apartment or a, or a house. So I'm bouncing across from, from hotel to shelter, to shelter, to hotel, depending on what's going on. Do you know the numbers or whether it be percentage wise or actual yeah. numbers? Okay. So, so first of all, you know, counting homeless is really difficult, right? Because, uh, you know, people are, are in situations where homelessness, uh, like the, the federal HUD definition of homelessness, uh, you know, housing and urban development uh, definition is that you are in a shelter, in a motel placement, uh, uh, you are living in a place that's unfit for, for human, you know, uh, uh, habitation, you're living in a car, so, uh, you know, you're living on the streets. So imagine trying to count those people and get a really good count. Like you can, you can count the shelter people and the motel people that are working with Department of Social Services, but the others you really can't. Programs, they're receiving services. So, you know, you're aware of them. Right. Kind of right. Grid, right. Versus those. Right. The, yeah. So, so on any given night, the head count that we have in, in, in um, on Long Island is roughly 3,000 to 3,500 like heads, right? In, individual people that includes parents and children. Um, now that number varies drastically. And like I said, it's really underreported. So I would say that it, it, it's, it's a safe estimate to say that we're double that because it also doesn't include the people who are couch surfing, right? Where, you know, I'm staying with this family member this month and then, you know, they put me out and then I go to this friend or, you know, my like dad is staying with one family member with two kids and mom is staying with a different family member with one child. Like none of those numbers. They don't, they don't yeah. the census, quote unquote, uh, with that. Here, right. Here's the other thing which I learned about last week that or two weeks ago when I was doing a day of service. I, I mean, I don't I, somebody in your position is probably aware of what I'm going to say, but I was not. There's people living like in the woods. Oh, like, yeah. Around oh, yeah around Long Island, like, I'm not going to mention where I've become aware of this, because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I'm sure the authorities are aware of this anyhow, but there are people, oh, yeah. and those people, as I understand, 
many, at least in this little anecdotally in this experience I had, are um, may not be uh, citizens or you know are, are immigrants who may may not be here legally and whatnot. So I don't think those are caught in your numbers certainly at, at all. No. No, and Tommy, I would actually um, uh, underscore that that in my experience, the individuals that are in that woods are not are, are not are are primarily American. Oh, they are not. They are not. They are primarily American. Um, they are probably struggling with 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 some mental health issues, oh. mental illness. Um, they don't feel safe or comfortable going into a shelter. And Tommy, a lot of them are veterans. They, for various reasons, do not want to go into shelter. They've come out of service uh, where they've had some mental health issues, you know, PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, uh, TBI, traumatic brain injury. Uh, you know, you hear, uh, they, certainly there's a number of, of veterans that are in that circumstance as well. And it, it's primarily um, uh, individuals in those um, situations. Uh, I've actually rarely heard of um, it being, uh, you know, uh, illegal uh, immigrants or, or non-Americans. And, and I, I go to the specialist, you know, certainly better than I do in this space. But it, so not to prioritize people over other people, uh, but but to go to the veteran piece, the fact that we, we the, see, there's two things that I, I spent a lot of time on in the nonprofit sector. Uh, when I say that, I mean areas of focus and it's the intellectually developmentally disabled community and and it's the mental health space i i feel that in this country uh in my experience although i think things there's certainly we need to end the stigma let's say that okay but i think or i feel like maybe it's covid maybe it's the number of celebrities coming out and talking it certainly is the number of celebrities coming out and talking about their own mental health issues where I think we're getting to a point where the conversation is rising. We're having the conversation around recognizing mental health. Um, and I, I actually just had this uh, conversation with a family member last night, you know, um, who was, we were discussing how 30 years ago, somebody in the family had some mental health issues. Now my, the way I look at the world is forget statistics. I think most of us have some challenges with mental health at some point in our lives. I think the statistics of 20%, one in five, one in four will experience some sort of mental health challenges. Look, you can call me out and tell me I'm wrong, but I know people and I think we all have our ups and downs. So there's never been, a, 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 in my experience, compassion enough around this from a society that we're we're hugging and holding people tight when they have these mental health challenges. I, I, I know we're, we're going to go to a break in a second here, but I, when I get caught up in this conversation, Shannon, it just, it drives me to say, we need to talk more about this. Then you talk about our veterans who come back with mental health issues and either they're living on the street, or I know a woman in my neighborhood, she, she's couch surfing. I mentioned that Lonnie and the team at general needs hooked me up with a bunch of gear for her, but it's, um, not that I don't think anybody should be homeless, but certainly not those who served our country and come back and now need us from a mental health perspective and need us from a support perspective. So um, we will, I'll tell you this, Shannon, my friend, Dr. Larry Grubler was a second guest here on Philanthropy and Focus, and he's the executive director of TSINY, Transitional Services for New York, uh, in the five boroughs. I do a lot of work with this organization. I sit on one of their advisory boards, and we talk about this stuff all the time that we need. He said, you know what? Everybody needs some support now. Everybody needs a little support throughout life. And that's what this is. So guys, we do have to take a break. I'm on a rant. I promise I'll keep ranting when we come back. Shannon Boyle, will you join me when we come back from break too? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. We, we will be right back. Your boy, the nonprofit sector connector in the attic. Shannon Boyle, new ground. Right back. Howdy. Hey, Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you a cannabis enthusiast? A cannabis professional? 
or interested in entering the cannabis space. I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC, Planet Paco Lolo, a less taboo view. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. I love that song, man. I love my Uncle Brendan who wrote that song and sings it for me. I'll sing it for you. Join Tommy in his attic. All right, let's check the boxes. Tommy sang the song. Good. Tommy ranted about mental health. Good. All right, we're doing this, man. We've, we've established the issues. We've established the challenge. We've established what the problem is, Shannon Boyle. How is Newground making an impact and making changes to support these people who need the help most? So we recognize that there are so many layers. There is my screen again. <laughs> there are so many layers um, that are uh, creating the circumstances and every situation is unique. So what, what is wonderful about Newground, why I'm here almost 20 years, is that we are able to create the solutions uh, and, and a program that's going to work for each family, each veteran, uh, based on what what they need. So they come into the program, they outline the goals that they want to work on that are really preventing them from being successful, having permanent housing, able to afford a stable place to live. So across the board, most uh, families and veterans that we work with, uh, you know, there's definitely some key areas that we're focused on. Education is huge. It's one of them. We work with the children uh, on educational issues to make sure they're on track academically so that they're going to be graduating high school and going on to higher education programs. Um, and we work with our parents, our adults, uh, our veterans to go back to school to figure out, help them figure out if they don't know, um, what would they wanna be? What do they wanna study? What career path can they follow? Uh, what education program could they complete where they then will be able to obtain a job that's going to earn enough money to support their family? Um, we also do a tremendous amount of work on financial literacy with, with our, our, our veterans and parents. Uh, you know, none of us learned how to balance a checkbook. Who uses a checkbook anymore, right? Uh, these days, like who writes checks? Every, you know, but no, these are not skills that we learned. People's credit reports are, are you know, really in bad shape um, when they experience homelessness and their credit scores are really low. And what you don't realize is that your credit uh, impacts a lot of things in your life. For example, car insurance rates, right? If, you're, if you've got bad credit, you're paying more money for your car insurance. And somebody with good credit, it's almost just like, let's kick you while you're down. That's what it sounds like. Anytime I've heard these things, that's exactly what it sounds like. Because I, I don't know, if you want to say that maybe a person with credit score issues is more of a risk for driving, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not an insurance underwriter. I don't know if that's true or not. But it seems like, to your point, ah, let's just hit him with another one. Let's just get something. Let's, you know, and it seems like here's another excuse to just 
kind of juice some money out of people, you know, for, and, 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 and somebody who's like already downtrodden and getting beat up as it is. And, and you keep hitting these people. So, so yeah. education, yeah. financial literacy, repairing credit, is that internal stuff or are those things you, you partner with other agencies? Like what is, what does that all like kind of look like? It's a, it's a little bit of both. So, so we partner with some key agencies, for example, with our financial literacy program, we, we partner with, with financial institutions, we do workshops, um, and we've had uh, financial professionals come from places like Capital One Bank and Valley Bank and, and other financial institutions uh, and, and present on key topics. But then we also do a, a significant amount of, of the work internally. Our social workers that meet with our clients on a weekly basis, every week they're they're looking at, okay, how's your budget? What's in your bank account? What bills have you paid so far? Your paycheck's coming in this week. What are you going to pay with that paycheck? Uh, and, and almost working as like a financial coach um, through this process and to really help educate them. And, and the goal is to pay all their bills on time, to get caught up on bills, uh, to create a little bit of extra funds um, out of the monthly budget and then to to use that to pay down debt on the credit report uh, you know with with what went on um, over the past year and a half and like stimulus checks that came out right. we had a tremendous number of our families and parents and, and veterans pay off debt with their with their stimulus money and, and you know we helped them contact the debtor and say hey look I got a $1,200 stimulus check my debt is $2,000. I'll give you the whole thing, but I want you to, you know, I'm making a deal. I want you to write it off and, and we'll settle for the whole $1,200. And it worked really, it worked really well. It's just to interrupt for a sec. That's so important because, you know, I I don't know. I'm assuming the government wanted you to get in more debt and take that 1200 bucks and spend it on stuff, right. And buy things. And again, it was to support people. I don't want to sound so pessimistic and negative about it, but many people would and many people probably did take those dollars and buy stuff you know maybe it was necessities but maybe they also bought things that weren't necessities so my my point here is uh you and your team were able to say well let's look at this a different way let's not just go and be a consumer and buy stuff because we got to check the 1200 bucks let's think strategically it sounds like a lot of the blocking and tackling, if you will, for the reference is, is done with your team kind of sitting side by side at a table or a virtual table at this point, if it, if it's not in person, but coaching, coaching is the right word. That's what it sounds like to me. Yes. Yes. And so we had a family, a, a mom with two children who's been working with us in our jumpstart program since 2018. And during that time, she's taken full advantage of our services. She worked with us to help her put together her resume, get a better paying job, go back to school while working, uh, complete an education program, and then come out of that and get an even better paying job. All along, she was working on her credit, paying off her bills. She used her stimulus money to, to, to finish off paying some of those debts. And then she banked a big chunk of it. So just a week or two ago, she was approved for an apartment. And she, after four years, is finally moving into her own apartment on November 1st. And she saved $10,000 from her employment, from her tax refunds, and from stimulus checks. So she had the money to be able to secure the apartment because that's another hurdle for people. When they want to get an apartment, you need a broker's fee, first month's rent, and two months of security typically. So if you figure if that rent is, you know, you've got a rent that's maybe $1,500, you're looking at needing $6,000 in savings to get an apartment. And that doesn't include any kind of furnishings or outfitting of the property of the apartment. That's also stuff that we do to help people because that's a stumbling block. So we'll help them with secondhand furniture and housing uh, stuff so that they don't have to dip into their savings for that. But they're, they're, it's a huge cost. And this mom is now finally getting her, her key to her apartment and being able to move her two children in. And uh, I mean, it's life changing. And she did the really hard work over the past three, four years to be able to get to this point. And the thing is, you're not doing the really hard work, folks, while everything's nice and cozy. You're doing the really hard work, bouncing from motel to motel, 
in and out of shelters, finding a way, probably without transportation, finding a way, you know, with a, without a reliable set of wheels, right? So that's yeah. and trains and taking your kids and shuffling them around and, and dealing with all the other stuff that people who have a home and are not food insecure deal with. So none of that goes away. So what a champion that this woman is and many of the students that have come through, students and, and clients that have go through your program, because they come out they've accomplished so much more because they've gone through all this stuff. But again, I, you know, very few people would accomplish this without the support of an organization like yours. Right. I mean, that's just what we're talking. Absolutely. About. I, and then, and I think that like, again, going back to that image of us sitting at the table next to our, our parent or veteran and, and partnering with them to say like, what, what are the stumbling blocks that we can help you overcome the rest of us in life, like we come across stumbling blocks and we turn to our spouse or our parents or our siblings and we have a safety net and we have a support network to be able to help get us through those times. Our families and veterans at Newgrounds don't have that. So Newground becomes that safety net and that support network. So if we have a parent, for example, who qualifies for financial aid and wants to get a college degree and, 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 and we help them study for their entrance exam, take their entrance exam, uh, apply for financial aid assistance, get the financial aid assistance. Uh, we help them with, with anything that's not covered under financial aid, like textbooks, which can be really expensive or other items. Now, let's say they don't have transportation. They don't have enough transportation money to get to and from classes because they're working, but it's not enough money. So we're gonna help them with transportation. Um, let's say they don't have daycare. Uh, while their their children, uh, you know, while they, they go to school, they need daycare for their children for a few hours a week. We help pay for that because it's not going to be covered under financial aid. It's not coming from somewhere else. And you have to look at the longer term plan that if we help this parent for a few years with daycare, then three years from now, they have a college degree. They're earning $60,000, $70,000 a year. They're off the system. They're successful. They're, they're, they don't need any support as opposed to individuals who can never get out of the system because it's, it's, if they make too much, then they get kicked off daycare assistance or, you know, all of those stumbling blocks that, uh, you know, prevent, prevent them from being able to, to accomplish those goals. I mean, I, as much as I've known you over the years, I don't think I even knew how the depth of, of support, you know, this, this network, um, you know, talkradio.nyc, we talk about uplift, educate, and empower. And the word I keep hearing in you is empower. You know, yes. Well, our motto actually is we educate, we empower. Yeah, That's see, our motto. You know what? This, uh, listen, I'm, this is a call out to uh, to my friend Sam Leibowitz, who runs a network. We're actually aligned with Girls Inc. of Long Island this year. Yes, I know yeah. them well, too. Yeah, our friend Renee Flagler, who's been on the show. So um, we're actually supporting them as our nonprofit. So I should have mentioned this last week. Up on our website, talkradio.nyc, if you're interested, you can help out Girls Inc. of Long Island and and obviously, why I'm telling you this, Shannon, is we probably need to talk about 2023 because as you guys being aligned with our network as far as this goes. So aside from my okay. little there for Talk Radio and, and Girls Inc., with all the stuff you're talking about, we got to go to break in a second. But how do we get in touch with you, Shannon? Or if, if I'm a family in need or even equally as important, if I have the means and I want to either give time or treasure, how do they contact you quick before we go to break? 516-564-4764 or newground.org. Perfect. That's all we needed. That's it. We're going to be right back. I got a funny thing I want to tell, an anecdote about Shannon. Don't worry. It's nothing bad. I think it's just, it's actually something I'm so proud to have been witness to. It is your boy, Tommy D. Philanthropy and Focus is the show. Shannon Boyle is my guest. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? 
Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern, on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. I would appreciate that if you join me in my attic on Friday mornings, 10 a.m. So we can non-profit. Um, that's some of Steve Fry's music. Steve Fry's coming up in a little while. Always Friday, baby. Steve's getting his glasses shined up. I'll give him a shout out in a second, but I heard his tunes, man. Or maybe that's Jeremiah's music. I don't know whose music it was. It wasn't my music. So here's what we're going to do. Um, shout out to Steve Fry. Shout out to Jennifer Garbin checking in on Facebook. Gerber, Jennifer Gerber. Thanks, Jennifer. Appreciate you watching us on Facebook. Um, you can always watch us on Facebook. Here's what we're going to do. A uh, couple things I want to, I did promise a quick story. About three or four, five years ago, maybe it was five years ago. Shannon's going to know the date because it's probably a day she'll never forget. You know what? You do want to know how hard nonprofit leaders work. My friend had a gala total laryngitis completely lost her voice and literally what and now we know if you're working the nonprofit space your work is never done we get drained and then we have more coffee i guess because we just got more to do and it's just how it is so my friend is a warrior she's a fighter and i watched i literally watched out and run this gala i'd lost her voice but still had to sort of give a, a quasi speech sort of like this. And do you, I don't know how many years ago that is, but like, that is, that is what leaders do. That is what nonprofit leaders do. You freaking grind it out, man. Right. How, how many years ago is that now? Uh, I, I think it was like, yeah, six years ago, maybe. Cause uh, this is an exciting year for us. It's our 30th anniversary of new ground, which uh, you know, who knew uh, we would be needed 30 years later, certainly not our, our founder, but I think, yeah, that was, uh, that was about six years ago. I, it's funny. I actually ran into, I, I'd forgotten this part of the story too. I ran into my kid's pediatrician there. I have no idea why Dr. Lorianne was there, but she was there and I forget, yes. her I forget if she was connected. Her mom, her mom, right. Is that yeah, it? Yeah. Her mom. Yeah. Like, yep, yep. like, you know, I'm kind of hard to miss, I guess when I enter a room, but you know, <laughs> she knew she, yep. oh, you're Mr. Demise. I go, no, I'm Tommy D. But nice to see you, Doc, that whole thing. So let's let's do a couple of things. A lot of my, we did the Lost Your Voice thing. I need to know, tell me what's upcoming and what we need. But before we do that, you and I agreed I'm going to do a day of service. But I want to tell you something. I'm doing 60 days of service. If people listening know, I, I have this pact with my kids. They each want to do a day of service. What happened was I took one of my gang to its specific day of service at an organization, Camp Happy Tales NYC, because he's into dogs. And they all got upset and they said, well, why can't we go? And I said, well, here's the deal. You each find out what's important to you and we'll go do a day of service together. One of my girls said, I want eight years old. I want to do something to help homeless people. So you and I, Shannon, I, I don't know what's allowed, what's appropriate. We're, we're you and I we'll are figure it out. You and I need to figure something out because what what's more life changing and impactful for for her to experience and see the world through different eyes and, and through a different lens what's upcoming what's going on this is sort of like the lightning round so what do you need yeah connect you with and what do you got going on soon okay so like i mentioned uh 2021 is our 30th anniversary of new ground which is just a phenomenal 
uh, thing. We we are really looking forward to our um, annual Groundbreakers Gala, which is happening on November 10th. It's a virtual gala again this year. We had a great time last year doing virtual. We're, we're doing it again this year. Hopefully we'll be back in person next year. But uh, it's it's a, a live um, uh, uh, program that you'll be able to watch at 7 p.m. that evening. Um, we actually are having a, a gala social on Zoom from 6 to 7 uh, for anybody who wants to join us for that. You can find information on our website, newground.org, and just go to events. Um, but that's going to be a very exciting event because we're also going to be sharing some stories about people that have been with us from the very beginning or in the early years. And we have some of our clients uh, talking about uh, the impact uh, that they've experienced from Newground. So, so that's, that's uh, an exciting upcoming event. Tomorrow, actually Saturday, uh, uh, October 16th, we are going to be at the Massapequa Preserve and we're uh, having an event called Hiking for the Homeless. Uh, this was based on a, one of our young professional board members who was a former intern, social work intern here at Newgrounds, has created the idea. She's hiking 30 miles tomorrow doing the Greenbelt Trail in Nassau County. The rest of us are there to cheer her on. We're, we're doing 3.0 miles. She's doing 30, um, all in recognition uh, like of our 30th anniversary. Does she have a cohort that's going with her? She, you know, she's got a few of uh, she, hikers. She's got a couple of hikers going with her and some people are going to be joining her on the trail. This seems to be a theme for us. I don't know. Like this, this is this 30, 30 mile hike. Uh, last month, uh, we had a guy, he rode, yes, he rode the Long Beach boardwalk for 24 hours straight. He started at 6 p.m. Uh, one evening and ended 6 p.m. the next evening. This was actually his second year uh, doing it for new grounds. Um, to benefit our veterans, and he does it for his birthday. Uh, really amazing, retired FDNY fireman. Um, and he had a cohort that, that did the ride with him overnight uh, at 24 hours uh, in the saddle on the bike. Up and down the boardwalk. Yeah, yeah. So so we're into these challenges. I like that. I dig that. that. Yeah. You know what? I, I think the other thing is that we, we – we want to be creative and, and, and engage people in different ways because Newground is very unique. And the reason why we can do what we do and we can create these really individualized plans with our clients um, is because we, we take very little government funding. Um, the majority of, of our funding is from fundraising. And what? that allows us. Yeah. That, that allows us to, to, to not have to force everybody, you know, into the same square peg, right? So a lot of times when you have programs that have government funding, they only do food assistance. They only do housing assistance. They only do this assistance. And so you end up with our clients having to run from place to place and travel from here to there when they don't really have great transportation to get services from all these different areas. Whereas we can say, like, we'll help you with all of those different things and connect you to those different services, but we'll also help you get the transportation to be there. We'll go with you to some of these challenging appointments. Um, and then if there's a circumstance where you know, there's something really unusual in their life that's a barrier to preventing them from being successful, we can we can resolve that because we have funding that's not so restricted as as when you have a lot of government funding. Yeah, and I've heard that before from other organizations, and I think it's critical because, you know, maybe there's, if you, if you have government dollars, there's time limits. You can only keep somebody in this program yeah. for six months or 12. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we're not done. Like, we're actually, like, this is a continuum. Yeah stuff that has to get yeah. done this is not a you know there's no panacea here right and that's that's a huge it's also different for everybody and and our our program is also unique because the average time that we're working with somebody is three to five years because let's face it it takes that long to do an education program and be working full-time and be raising children so in order to have that impact it needs to be a long time and, and certainly a lot of programs um, are much shorter uh, Timeframes, um, and it'll, it, you know, it allows us to, to, if somebody needs six years, you know, okay, we can work with you. If someone needs two years, whatever it is, we're able to be flexible around that. That's incredible, gang. So if you're running an organization, if you're thinking about starting a nonprofit, certainly something to take in consideration. You know, where are your dollars coming from and how restrictive are you and what you can do with them? So certainly something, and you know, Shannon, probably be awesome one time for you to speak at 
my uh, I just talk about putting people on spot, Tommy D, huh? So we I run this uh, monthly roundtable, the nonprofit executive leadership roundtable, and and I'd love for you to be our guest one day as a speaker, and you would come up with a great absolutely. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really fun. So let's go into my favorite part of probably life. But what do you need? Like, who do you want to connect with? Like that kind of stuff. Tell me that if you could. I think that uh, anybody that's interested in getting involved and in making an impact on local uh, individuals, certainly um, we'd love to, to talk to you. Uh, we have various committees in the organization that operate on volunteer basis, that people bringing their expertise, um, program committees and, and fundraising committees and, and other active uh, committees. Um, so individuals that would be interested in, in that, uh, we'd love to hear from. Uh, and you know, if there's ideas of opportunities to connect with other organizations that are also, like you mentioned Lonnie Sherman, and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, we, we work with them. We, we work with a lot of different organizations. Our veterans program, we're working directly with the Northport VA uh, and their supportive housing program um, to, to really have an impact on, on the homeless veterans in there. So I think partnerships are critical. Uh, and, and so certainly any, uh, anybody involved um, at any level. Uh, we're also um, recruiting for, for um, our various boards. We have, like I mentioned, a young professionals board, an advisory board, um, and then, of course, our board of directors. So uh, anyone interested, definitely reach out. How do they get you again? One last thing, because then I got to bring us to a close. So what, what's your contact info? Newground.org, right? N-E-W-G-R-O-U-N-D.org. Yes. And 516? Four seven six four. Shannon, thank you for being here. I got to put a bow on this show. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate the impact you're making. I will we'll text and talk later because we've got to figure out how to do something with me and my daughter and the whole thing, new ground. Uh, I am Tommy D. Shannon, again, just my gratitude. I appreciate you. Thank you, Tommy. Great uh, time. Excuse me. I just got a tickle in my throat. How about a little mason jar of water? Sorry, Kyle. I know we're late. I'm Tommy D., the nonprofit sector connector. Next week on the show, Jeremy Tigerman, <clears throat> excuse me, of Tigerman School, which is a non-public, a non-public school program here on Long Island and in New York City. <clears throat> I'm sorry, gang. I'm coughing. Um, the New York City Imagine Awards is next Tuesday night. If you're interested, reach out to me. And uh, I'll see you next week. <laughs> Make it a great weekend. I'm choking. Shannon, thanks. Thanks, Kyle. Good night, You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. 
In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 